Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Ladies and gentlemen, big weeks, big weeks on the way to the fantasy football playoffs. That's why Hayden Winks is always here and a big guest, a huge name, a reunion of sorts, Patrick Darty, Roto Pat, Patrick, this is lovely. I have warm fuzzies all over my body at the moment. How are you? I'm good. It, it's literally a huge name and that it's many, many characters um, <laughs> that I apparently big. mispronounce for about three or four years because i would say doherty and then you're like it's just darty get rid of all the vowels and it's just darty yeah you just got to hit it real hard basically like a running back hitting the hole if you think about it you will never pronounce it correctly my mother-in-law who i have known since 2014 still just and you know it's now her daughter's last name and still does not pronounce it correctly so that's why i don't even bother to correct people when they say doherty because it doesn't matter but she should just call you rotopad it's much easier that's true yeah yeah come on i'm a brazilian soccer player call me by my my one name (laughs) yeah just on the back of the jersey Uh, all right here we go this is the 13 names for week 10 of our guys we're going to go around the horn um it's not like the most obvious names i want to bring that up to you before we start this video like we're not going to say oh saquon barkley's going to have a big week because you know he's going against the texans and josh jacobs and derrick henry and miles sanders put up 20 plus fantasy points against that opponent that's the obvious stuff that's what you know instead we're going to dig deep go to the flex spots the wide receiver twos the running back twos as well here we go hayden why don't you kick us off who's one of your names this week I'm going to roll with Christian Kirk as an upside wide receiver to obviously playing the chiefs. That's a good matchup for him. The chiefs are allowing the 25th most points or their 25th against fantasy wide receivers. And in neutral situations, they have the second highest pass rate allowed the chiefs offense play with pace. And I think that the Trevor Lawrence is coming off maybe the best game of his career. Uh, it was at least the second best EPA game of his career first in success rate last week. He just needs to avoid the bad plays because he's actually fourth in success rate this year. His EPA is down uh, because of those bad turnovers. But I'm watching for Legereus Sneed. He was downgraded. Um, That's the the Chiefs slot corner. He's played in the slot 57% of the snaps. If he is out with an injury, that's another uh, bullet point for uh, Christian Kirk, who's been like an inconsistent player. But I think there's a lot of things lining up for this would be one of his boom weeks. Yeah, he's been inconsistent, but at least like the targets have stabilized. Where he's in the seven to eight range every week, and you know, ten point dogs against the Chiefs. Uh, safe to say, I mean, we could get a season high for attempts for Trevor Lawrence, and you kind of argue with the stats you're pointing out. Some good, some bad. Like if a season high in attempts will even be a good thing for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, maybe we'll get like a three interception day, but just almost impossible to believe we won't get like at least eight or nine Christian Kirk targets. Hidden question for you. Do you think we're ever going to get a downfield target ever again for Christian Kirk? Because last season, when you look at 2021, he had 25 targets of 20 plus yards. Uh, This year, that is at eight. Um, He was a vertical slot. 
in Arizona, we always talk about every single week, everything is so condensed. So it's more of, you know, the long jumpers, the layups that we're getting out of the Jaguars. And I feel like we won't see a huge ceiling from Kirk or anyone that's passing offense because they just like lack that verticality. And I would say the change in how they're utilizing Christian Kirk is a big part of that. Yeah, I think the one thing this week is I'm expecting this to be like volume based and not like big play based. The Chiefs yeah. are first in too high rate, uh, but Ugh, because they have it. they have all of that, uh, they're out actually allowing the third most yards per game to slot players and the most touchdowns to slot players. So I'm with you. If we get a deep target to Christian Kirk, awesome. But I think this could just be a bunch of like nine targets over the middle and just a bunch of chain moving yards. Just Josh, real quick too. Speaking to like Christian Kirk's usage, I just feel like, is he like the most in between receiver of like the past five or six years where they just cannot ever figure out, is he a vertical receiver? Is he a slot receiver? Is he kind of a mixture of both? seems like every coaching staff can never just quite decide how to use Christian Kirk. It's also not to continue on this conversation to next season, even though I'm already excited to see Calvin Ridley in it, (laughs) that like this offense might change even to next year. Cause I think Doug Peterson, this probably isn't the final form of what he wants the Jaguars offense to be that like, Hey, you're going to see Kirk not only have more vertical targets because of also the verticality that Calvin Ridley brings to the table. I also love last week, Hayden, that, end zone target that he received it seemed like it was just a corner post one-on-one against off coverage and so a huge part of being one of our guys of this weekend is hopefully some end zone and inside the 10 inside the 20 yard targets too i'm as you know i'm a huge trevor lawrence fan i don't know where you're saying on this pat but like it is so obvious that the mistakes i think cloud people's judgment of like who he is in general my only fear is that like the best trevor lawrence games are the ones that people do not watch and everyone's going to be focusing in on this one o'clock game against the chiefs because it's by far and away the best of that window well yeah just no one watches any jags games no Good. offense and uh josh i'm gonna do from our old podcasting days do it. i know you love when i stop and just make a pointless quip uh we got to keep calvin ridley off underdog we gotta see you out there next year with doug peterson and t law stay off the underdog promo code calvin okay Pat, <laughs> you're up next give us one of your names oh uh, lavisca chenault gonna go <laughs> off and we can demont nation rise Ooh. up it, it is our time retweet, retweet. <laughs> it is our time demont nation we're like the snap situation is stabilized there. I believe each of the past weeks on football outsiders, I don't know. I've had to check this several times. I thought maybe like it wasn't loading properly. He's played 70% of the snaps to Khalil Herbert's 28% of the snaps each of the past two weeks. Uh, Khalil Herbert had almost totally closed the gap, but the gap's kind of opening back up. The usage floor has just been so consistent. We haven't seen like a usage ceiling with David Montgomery lately, but it hasn't been under 15 touches in any game since coming back from injury. Now we've got kind of the perfect storm this week. You know, the total's creeping near 50. Uh, the Lions allow kind of in some of the boomer stats, the sixth most running back fantasy points, you know, over five yards per carry. The Bears are running for 250 yards every week. You know, the Bears and Lions are both bottom three in defensive EPA per play. Yep. Everything about this game just screams a lot of points. We know it's a terrible run defense. We know that the usage floor is really steady for David Montgomery. And maybe we'll actually get some RB2 ceiling finally this week from David Montgomery. Yeah, the team total is so much higher. It's like literally like seven, eight, nine points higher than what it's typically been. And the Khalil Herbert stuff, it's a, basically a moral panic. Like it's, you talk <laughs> about it, but it's not true. This is like a, the fentanyl in your candy. Uh, it's like a two for one rotation uh, between Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. And 
yeah, he, we've seen him do it when the Bears are projected to score 20 points. Now that they're actually projected to score almost 26, I feel like this is like the prime spot. I think in particular for Battle Royale on underdog, uh, he's like leverage off of Justin Fields, off Cole Komet, off of Darnell Mooney, who are basically, basically going in every single draft. He's like the perfect leverage play for DFS as well. You know, we get into narratives too, Kyle. Or Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep my road to world employees straight. I know. Hayden, we get into narratives too. I mean, teams get into narratives. I mean, all week, you know, the Lions are like, uh, you know, Justin Fields just rushed for the most yards ever by a quarterback in the regular season. We got to zero in on Justin. Like, that's going to create rushing lanes for David oh, Montgomery. Yeah. yeah. And actually, quick plug here. We just posted a full breakdown of Justin Fields and his progression as a player with scheme with Josh McCown today. And just going through those big rushes last week, Pat, not just the 61 yard scramble. And we know like so many of the long runs come from pure passing plays that are scrambles, but the design run stuff, as you outlined uh, in the last three games that has jumped up to fields up to 24 times versus the previous three games, it was just four, but so much of that, are these actions or zone reads where because of the early season success of David Montgomery, of Khalil Herbert, that is allowing Justin Fields to be have so much more wide open space because obviously it hasn't been a tendency in a tell in the past. So I think, Pat, walking down Narrative Street, if the Lions have been like, okay, we have to take the quarterback in this situation, we have to stop the quarterback in this situation, that could open up some more avenues or take some of the gravity away from fields and give it to one of these running backs too, or both of them. Demont's never let us down before. So it will not happen this week. I know I'm sick of people like thinking that Dave Montgomery's not a good player. Like I understand like Khalil Herbert has 17 carries of 10 plus yards this year. Okay. Dave Montgomery has 10 of those. And like the lion, excuse me, the, the bears offensive line isn't great in pass protection. They're a very good run blocking unit this year too. It's really helped them uh, have some element of identity this season. I feel like. He's yep. not a Zeke, like not not even to take send a stray Zeke's way, but like you just did. His backup might be better than him, but he is still a very good NFL player, like you said. For, for the record, he was also one of my names for this week. Oh, there we so, go. Uh, there you go. Well, Nation, you know we're, it's we are growing. Legion. It's growing every we single week here in uh in week ten. Okay, uh, I'm gonna pick a name that I think all three of us might have. I'm on Ross St. Brown because it's in the same exact game. Um, as you said, Pat. These offenses are good enough to take advantage of really bad defenses. And I think the biggest difference of, let's say, the Lions in general over the last three weeks is one, they haven't been healthy. And two, it's kind of just been the decline of Jared Goff going from like, hey, adequately going through offensive play to like bringing everything down. But those defenses brought some characteristics to the table that I don't think the Bears do at all after you trade away Robert Quinn, after you trade away. Roquan Smith. And like when I went through some of these recent weeks of Amon Ross St. Brown and why he might only be getting like 64 or 75 receiving yards on like nine or eight targets, I don't think it's an Amon Ra thing. I think it's more of a Jared Goff thing. Like he was late on a lot of those throws against the Packers that they could drive on and get passes defensed. And I just think living that short to intermediate game, especially over the middle of the field, we just saw the Bears get gashed by that by the Miami Dolphins last week. Certainly not comparing Amon Ross St. Brown. And, you know, Luke Getze to Mike McDaniel and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. But that same area of the field, I think, is where Amon Ra can shine in this game. Yeah, we're just seeing what Jared Goff has always done his entire career. When he plays bad defenses, he can kind of fill up the box score. Even if it's Dan Campbell, we thought maybe that was only a Sean McVay thing. Apparently, it's just a Jared Goff thing. He can get numbers. 
against bad defenses, and he's been totally shut down by most of the good defenses he's played this year, but but by no stretch, as you just laid out, I mean, they traded two of their best players. Their bottom three, their bottom three, I think, in overall defensive EPA per play, bottom three in EPA per dropback, just not a good pass defense any way you shake it. That's not a good defense anywhere, any way you lay it out. And Jared Goff has gotten home in these spots basically all year. Right. See no reason to think he won. And then just speaking from the Amonra uh, point of view, I mean, the target share has remained absolutely dominant. You guys have probably seen the ridiculous stat from week nine where he had 83.5% of the Lions air yards. I did like, not see this. Over a rotor roll where we kept like, is this a misprint? Like we like, double and triple checked it, like thinking maybe it was like a data error. But he had 83.5% of the Lions air yards last week. Uh, it just seems like a eruption game waiting to happen. I, we did not do 50 podcasts this summer talking about his on-off splits without TJ Hawkins <laughs> and all the other wide receivers to get off of those stats for two weeks of bad production. Like, we're betting on the big sample here. Uh, Josh, even like Josh Reynolds, who probably plays into that air yards thing, he hasn't been practicing or playing right. again. Obviously, Chark's on IR. Uh, no TJ Hawkinson. Like, this is layup territory for Amon Ra. I'm with you. Just a couple more stats here. Uh, 73.5% of the scoring plays against the Bears have been touchdowns this season. Uh, that's right next to the lines of being just the worst in the league. And then opponents are converting 50% of their third rounds against the Bears, uh, the second highest rate in the league. Guess who's first? The Detroit Lions. So, like, this is one of those where neither of these teams are good, but the offenses are better than the defenses. And this could be a low key, high total that maybe yep. even Vegas is. How many DFS players are going to go bankrupt if this game does not shoot out? It's <laughs> uh, a good question. Uh, let's go through some more names. Hayden, one more time around the loop. I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz. Uh, quietly over the last four games, uh, the Cowboys have been third or in fantasy usage to their tight end position, despite Dalton Schultz being really banged up. Uh, he got the bye week last week to kind of ice up both of his knees. He had like a knee contusion, MCL, PCL, name any ligament he was basically dealing with it but he was full practice wednesday full practice thursday uh we should have no limitations for him and it's been a long time since we've had no limitations dalton schultz and when we did have that that was with the backup quarterback i don't see a reason why we should be getting off of kind of our pre-season expectations with dalton schultz here mm. because it's basically the same exact setup the matchup isn't great the cow or the packers are, i believe are top five against the position but now there's no Rashawn Gary. One of their other starting outside corners is out. Both of their starting linebackers, the off-ball linebackers, including Devondre Campbell, one of the better coverage linebackers in the league, they haven't practiced this week as well. So it might be a little bit less daunting compared to what the, the numbers are saying. And the Cowboys team total is rock solid. So I'm treating Dalton Schultz as like a mid-range tight end one. And that's really saying something because the tight end position right now is as bad as it gets. It's talking about the Packers defense. I mean, last week they allowed I mean, it was both like one yard layups, but they allowed the one yard touchdowns to the second and third string tight ends. So yep. hopefully Dalton gets some of that action. And like Dak Prescott, I mean, Dalton Schultz is going to be the best man at Dak Prescott's wedding. I think uh, he came back, comes back, you know, it's produced like essentially not all year. Cause he's playing on one leg, like you said, and even though he's playing on one leg, Dak, no matter what, it's getting him at least five to six receptions. The targets floor, I think, is going to really stabilize in the, like the six to eight range. Yeah, it's going to be Schultz uh, better late than never. He's going to be one of the better late than never all-stars of 2022. And I wasn't in on him preseason, and it was mainly just because like the individual talent that Dalton Schultz is compared to like all the other tight ends around him. Guess what? The tight ends who are drafted around him, unless it's you know Dallas Goddard, haven't really worked out either. No. Um, and I think it's one of those where 
as you said, and we heard from you know our buddy Jeff Cavanaugh, who does a great job covering the Cowboys, Dak just freaking loves throwing the ball to Dalton mm-hmm. Schultz. Um, I have another name here that I'm just going to toss in because I have far less to say about him, and it's Michael <laughs> Gallup. Um, and it's almost like CeeDee Lamb is such a layup in this game, such a layup. And who knows who Jair Alexander is covering, so on and so forth. But like Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, both out of this, Devondre Campbell missed last week. This is a Packers defense that has failed to reach expectations this year, and they're even getting worse defensively, uh, maybe even to match how bad the offense has been. And then Dallas just puts up a ton of points. You know, like it, I think it can be tough to separate the stanzas of when Cooper Rush was as the quarterback and then what Dak has been, because you kind of look at like the Cowboys team in general, but it is different. I mean, they've, they're one of two remaining teams to score on 100% of their red zone possessions this season. Like the Packers are awful against the spread. The Cowboys are one of the best in the league. So I don't think I went back and watched some of his targets this morning. I don't think Michael Gallup is 100%, but maybe coming out of this buy, he's getting a little bit better. And that I just think another option is going to open up in this game other than the running backs and CD. And I know that Hayden's going with Schultz and I'm going with Gallup here. Well, yeah, Josh, you just hit on like the narrative street thing I wanted to hit on where, you know, five games back since the injury, you know, regaining his confidence. The bye week is often a really important reset for players like that. It's like we could see like a, just a totally different Michael Gallup down the stretch now. Post by ACL bump, Josh. What are we there thinking? we go. There we go. And I mean, he is the outside vertical X on this team. Like they get to move CD around a little bit. So maybe we get one of those vintage big plays here from Michael Gallup in contested situations. I would love it. Um, okay, Pat, you're up. Give us a name. Well, since we all agreed on Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm going to go with Chris Olave at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm a little worried. Not worried is not the right word. I do think the Steelers defense is going to be more organized coming off their bye. Like Mike Tomlin, I think is the kind of defensive coach that is going to get some things cleaned up during the off week. But I mean, it's a bottom five defense. Any way you slice it, it's maybe a bottom two or three pass defense, as we know by any metric boomer or otherwise Chris Olave is 14th in receiver targets over the past five weeks, even though he missed a game in that span He'll say what you will about that freak Andy Dalton, but uh, he's getting Chris Olave the ball. Uh, he understands the assignment. I didn't think he would understand the assignment with Chris Olave. I thought it'd be Juwan Johnson, maybe Adam Trotman bound to back. He understands the assignment with Chris Olave. And Chris Olave is just forcing the issue by being insanely good. And just a really, really good kind of confluence here, I think, of talent, production, and a really, really good matchup. Mm. Over the last month, Olave is the wide receiver 13 in usage, and the Steelers are dead last against the position. I think it's I think it's mostly just cornerback skill talent, like for for the Steelers, they're bringing in people off the street. Um, I think they're just desperate, uh, to, and they play a lot of man defense historically, so it's just a bad formula for them. I think that this is one of those matchups where Andy Dalton can be good Andy Dalton, like we've seen at points this season, um, where if he's not pressured, his completion percentage is up around 71 or 72%, and when he is, it drops down to about 41% this season. He's almost doing a pseudo Tom Brady. In that his time Uh, to throw is about like 2.66 seconds, but that his intended air yards per attempt is all the way up at eight. So it's not just these dump balls. It's not just getting the ball of his hands off his back foot. He will, when the pressure is there, you know, or when the pressure is not there, hold on to it and allow these vertical targets 
down the field. And even with Jarvis Landry without him, whatever's going to happen, like Chris Olave is making a statement where he might not have huge 100-yard games that can equal some of these awesome rookie running backs that we've seen this year. But because of that, I think he's almost flying under the radar a bit. I'm a huge Chris Olave fan this week. It should be an awesome matchup. And I know we have a couple more names here, too. Well, so we might be remiss, by the way, if we don't mention that TJ Watt could be returning for the Steelers. And that is I, I just worry about Andy. Do- Josh made a real or Hayden made a really good point about the Steelers, just comprehensive lack of cornerback talent. But I, like an individual, like mind matchup, I do kind of worry about Mike Tomlin against Andy Dalton. But mm-hmm. we shall see. Again, he was my player. Hayden, talk about George Pickens. Yeah, so I mean, this one obviously is post by rookie bump. That's my favorite thing. Uh, but also, if you look at just like the last month of the season for the Steelers. Their wide receivers are top eight in usage. Now, it hasn't been very efficient at all because uh, the quarterback play hasn't been good. Offensive line play hasn't been very good. I'm not expecting either of those to drastically improve. But if you are going to point out a spot in the season four to somewhat turn around, maybe it is after the bye. And more importantly, you're just taking a third of basically the target talent and throwing it out the window. I don't think any of these other uh, Steelers wide receivers are going to get in there. I, I think they'll probably use a second tight end, but that's Zach Gentry. who's just going to be in there to block. So I think it's good news for Pat Frymouth, certainly, but I think it's good news for George Pickens. And then as for the matchup, uh, the Saints play man coverage at the highest rate in the league, but they still are without Marshawn Lattimore, potentially uh, starting safety. Marcus May is out. They got rid of all their other safeties right. <clears throat> this off season. And they've just been bad against fantasy wide receivers. They're, they're 22nd against the position, 20th in EPA per loud. And against man coverage, George Pickens is leading the Steelers um, in yards despite having only seven uh, catch, catchable targets on those. And when like Deontay's out like, at 15, he's just like clearly the best player against man coverage on tape, in my opinion. Uh, what could go wrong? We have three names from the Saints and Steelers <laughs> matchup this weekend in week 10 uh, because I'm throwing out Pat Fryermuth's name. Uh, Maybe I'll take this from a narrative street standpoint. It's been a ridiculous start to the season and start to your career for Kenny Pickett in terms of the teams he's had to play. It's the Jets defense, which you know is maybe the best in the league right now. The Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Miami Dolphins, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, This is one reason why, and this comes from the great Rich Rebar, the longest touchdown scored this year by the Steelers is from eight yards out. They're the only team to not score a touchdown outside the red zone this season. So put your chips on the table. A nine-yard touchdown from Pat Fryermuth is happening this week <laughs> to set some records. Come on, be no, bold. Real, Say like, 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Chase Claypool has been that middle of the field target, that slot target. Even if they go to tight end sets, um, I bet we can see some Pat Fryermuth split out into the slot like he did with Ben Roethlisberger last season where he dominated the inside the 20 and inside the 10-yard target share for this team. So hopefully they go back to that a little bit more. Uh, I could see the best of this season for Pat Fryermuth happening in the later half of this year, because I think he's a really good individual talent. They've just had gone through a buzzsaw of really, really tough matchups. And that's really saying something, Josh, because he has been, pre- he's been producing well. I agree. Kenny Pickett clearly loves him. And the one other note I'll say on this game, the bye week narrative, you know, there's been a lot of smoke billowing that the Steelers are ready to commit more to Jalen Warren maybe at Najee Harris's expense. And that's kind of been burying. There's also been some reports that they're planning to commit more to George Pickens coming out of the bye week. So we've all been kind of focused on the running back situation. It definitely seems like they're, they're planning big post buy changes in this offense. Really like that. And it's a huge section of the season 
to get your evaluation of Kenny Pickett. Like he hasn't been good, let's say, but he's at least shown what's the right term. I'm not going to say moxie. I was going to say it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to, but like some level of uh, gamer. absorbing Daring like, new. the bullying and the, the contact that he's been getting from all these defensive lines and popping up and immediately like trying to make a play all over again. I just explained what Moxie was without saying the word Moxie. No, no, you actually just explained what a gamer was. True. Gosh, he's a True. gamer. And look, I think he's like a limited quarterback, but he does try to make things happen. And so at the very least, I think that that will allow a lot of these pass catchers, we just named two of them, to try to stay relevant. And maybe that will also help them to go into quick passing because with Mitch, they couldn't do the quick passing game. Maybe that is something that they lean into in the second half of the season. Uh, Pat, just for the record, Josh and I have a bet this week. Andy Dalton versus Kenny Pickett straight up for for dinner. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) Things are that bad. I think, I mean, I, I, for personal reasons, I'm not going to get into. I need Andy Dalton to win that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We I have back to back in my rankings, too. <laughs> we have five more names. Uh, Pat, give us another one here. We're going with Craig. I almost said Craig Dulcich. Greg Dulcich, 82% of the snaps heading into the Broncos week nine by. It was con- consistently commanded or targeted since returning. Kind of like, you know, like a family is fighting and like you get a dog and like kind of hope that like makes everyone happier. Greg Dulcich almost seems like he's kind of been that for the Broncos offense. Like everyone's just like really happy to see Greg out there. And like Russell Wilson's been really, really happy to see Greg funneling him looks. We know you got to get the Titans through the air as the Chiefs just very vividly demonstrated. They allow the third most tight end fantasy points. Another team that's going to be making you know, probably big changes coming off its bye week. I see zero reason to believe one of those changes will be fewer targets, like less involvement for Greg Dulcich. They clearly view him as a really, really critical player for the season stretch run. And it's just a really, really good matchup for a tight end. Mm. I mean, the risk team over at the pick'em lobby, Pat, 40 and a half receiving yards, just four receptions. We've seen Greg Dulcich hit 40 and a half receiving yards in a single reception so far this year. Like <laughs> nothing is working except for Nathaniel Hackett, like, running his offense around three random tight end names. And by far and away, Greg Dulcich is the most talented of that group. And then they've really leaned into him immediately coming off injured reserve. Well, 40.5 receiving yards makes him an elite tight end one. So (laughs) that's three games of Kyle Pitts. It's pretty amazing. He's he's gone over 40.5, all three of his NFL appearances, by the way. I mean, this might be the... The pick and lock of the week, Pat. Look what you have uncovered here in the lobby. Risk team, hope you're, hopefully you're not watching. Anything you want to say about this game, uh, Hayden, with, with the Broncos? Um, the Tennessee Titans, a defensive line that really forces quarterbacks to stay inside the structure of the offense, like inside the pocket because they just crash down. Um, they have worked wonders, let's say, against the Chiefs last week, and many of those receptions that the Chiefs uh, had to convert we're in that short intermediate game and really nothing downfield. And we know the downfield game is uh, where Russ wants to live. I think the Broncos are tied for the second fewest uh, points this week, according to the betting markets. Ooh. But do you guys, uh, do you guys know the total for this game? It's got like 38 or something. 39. It was, 30, it was 36 and a half at one. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not even kidding. But I, I do. As long as we can't have Greg Dolchich uh, running in breaking routes, we need out breaking routes here. You will not be able to see. But I, I, I'm I'm expecting a few of those. That, that's my biggest fear is going back and watching Juju's big week. It was a bunch of in breaking routes. It was stuff just waiting over the middle of the field. And if you see that, you're invisible to uh, to Russell Wilson. 
right? So like, I mean, you just truly are. Uh, so we, we do need some like built in concepts, maybe some sales some stuff outside the numbers that is built in for Greg Dulcich to get his points here. I don't know if you guys heard the narrative though. Now, well, Russ is actually leaving the plays on his arm. So he might actually know the plays and the audibles. Oh, is he Ooh. wearing an armband now? He's wearing an arm- the, the low key shade that Pete Carroll threw at him. I did. That, like, I think it was Our high key now is, is willing to have the plays in his wrist while the other one wasn't. And Russ apparently took that personally because he's apparently wearing uh, the plays on his wrist this week. Imagine. Imagine that. Um, okay. I'm going to throw out a name. I'm going to go with uh, maybe the most chalk one of the show, Tua Tungavailoa against the Cleveland Browns. Um, three consecutive quarterback one scoring weeks since returning to the lineup for Tua. Um, just 23% of the yardage gained by Miami this season has come via rushing. And I don't think they've been like a bad running team this season, obviously. Uh, that just speaks to how great they are throwing the football. I think from a, again, narrative standpoint, a storyline standpoint, what we just saw from the Browns prior to their bye week was that they shut down the Cincinnati Bengals in their passing attack. And it made them look really basic and nothing could work. It was sacks. It was batted down passes, so on and so forth. But that's freaking Zach Taylor, you know? That's not Mike McDaniel with Tua with his RPO game and the anticipation of it, as well as creating so much space over the middle of the field. Like, I'm not going to take one positive Browns game and say this is who they are the rest of the way when they've been really crap for most of the season, especially against an offense now that just is creating space in every single defense that they possibly can, especially over the middle of the field or maybe the Browns are weakest at linebacker. Uh, and at safety. So yeah, I think Tua this week, he might not have the rushing ability as a bunch of the names that we've talked about. It can help that, you know, Josh Allen probably isn't going to play this week, but Tua as a top three, four, five quarterback just makes so much sense to me. And I heard you talking, Josh, I was thinking Jalen Waddle eruption game. That's kind of the way you were laying that out. And I may or may not personally need that as well. (laughs) (laughs) How high do you have him up in your rankings? I have him at four. Uh, and I'm gonna, and Josh, I'm gonna make you pick because battle royale they go like right next to each other. Tua or Justin Fields this week? I have Fields at three, then Tua at four. But this is like a big decision point for a lot of people in the DFS streets. Mm. We got Tua at four and Fields at five. Oh, mm. so Team Tua. Mm. Um, I mean, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns are bottom three in run defense. And according to DVOA, they do have a horrific run defense. Correct. Because they're just small at defensive tackle. So if you have to uh, keep that in mind heading into this, then even that play action stuff that the, that the Dolphins have been leaving, leaning into all season long is going to open up even more canyons over the middle of the field. That's just why I'm I'm so into it. Um, it's, it's an interesting, I mean, it's, it's in Miami too. Like we're not even getting November Cleveland here for Tua. This is great. What a great stretch we're on. Okay, Hayden, you're up next. So we'll just never get that Tua or Fields uh, <laughs> question. Uh, I'm going to go Tua over Fields. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, I'm going to get nasty with things over here, and Uh-oh. I'm going to be recommending Jimmy Garoppolo. And I hate this, but we have to do it. And we have to get really nasty at the position just because Josh Allen is banged up. We have some elite quarterbacks, Burrow and Lamar Jackson on bye. Justin Herbert, their team total is under 20 points. Kyler Murray, same thing. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. That's like, what, three quarters of the elite of quarterback one. So we're looking at streamers, and I think that 
Jimmy G makes a lot of sense. Uh, they're projected for the third most points on the week, all the way up at over 26. The Chargers defense has been really bad uh, this year. I think it's only going to get worse. Like JC Jackson's out. Joey Bosa's out. They just released Jerry Tillery, um, who's been really bad. Um, and Jimmy, Jimmy G quietly has been really productive this year. It's the same old Jimmy G, uh, slightly more downfield reps, but I think just like, they're passing more. That's like been the big, big thing the last uh, four weeks of the season. Uh, they're ninth in neutral pass rate. And I think that's probably just because they have George Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, and now Christian McCaffrey pass catching back. So I can see Jimmy G getting a lot of cheap yards in a good matchup at home. When, when researching this show, I mean, your mind immediately jumps to wanting to take one of the 49ers because this is such a good spot for them to be in. And CMC is the easiest one because of the charters run defense here. It's a good matchup for him. I, right. Um, but even beyond that, like you can make a case for Depot. You can make a case for Brandon Ayuk. Now that we've seen George Kittle unlocked a little bit more down the field with Christian McCaffrey underneath the root of all that is Jimmy Garoppolo. My only concern here is if like the Chargers can keep up, but even if they can't like, I could still see the 49ers putting up a boatload of points, like 30 points to 10. I can see this as a 20.1 to be honest with you. For the 49ers, if their defense comes to play like it did earlier in the season, like all this narrative stuff of uh, the Chargers wanting to throw more down the field and we're going to change like how we call the plays. I think that was something that they could have said when they had Mike Williams and Keen Allen to start the season. You can't just say that now and do it when Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter and whoever (laughs) else is out there. It's not going to hit the same, you know? Isn't Jalen Guyton's on IR, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I have Jimmy G right above Justin Herbert because the team Love total this. is just so, so different. So a touchdown, they're touchdown favorites here. And obviously the 49ers match up so much better. And we've seen how limited this passing game for the Chargers is. I feel wrong for doing this, but I do think it's a relative to toss up. How how crazy do you have them in your rankings? Like those two? That's just immoral. I mean, for religious reasons, I can't rank Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, (laughs) Good. Uh, Justin Herbert, but you go, Josh. And if we're like talking about Brandon Staley, cover two, then that middle of the field should be more open than it is against other teams too. Like this is the area that Jimmy has thrived for so long. And Hayden, what's fascinating to me is what you just said in your ranking in the pick and lobby, 241 and a half passing yards is the higher or lower for Jimmy G. He's crossed that in two of his last three games, you know, like, and this is a better matchup than many of those. So, Can you pull up Herbert's just for reference, yeah, just to make sure? I, I might have to do a rankings adjustment on the fly based off of the. It's not the in. They're scared. They're waiting to hear scared what you're saying. <laughs> I got a share of 49ers premonition, by the way. Do it. I think it'll be a really big week for Debo Samuel, where we're all kind of worried about how the high value touches are going to play out behind Christian McCaffrey. Like who's going to get who's going to get hurt the most between Debo, Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and I just can't group Debo in with those other two guys, even as elite as George Kittle is. I, I think it's more about Kittle and Brandon Ayuk are going to lose their high value touches. I just think Debo is too good of a player. They're going to make it happen. I also think Kyle Shanahan seems really into narratives to me. I think he's going to want to recommit to Debo coming off the bye and coming off the injury. And I, I'm feeling Debo kind of reasserting himself. And Hayden, I've got I've got Justin Herbert five spots ahead of Jim Garoppolo, which I do not love. It's basically just pure volume and like point yeah. chasing ranking. And because I'm just, I mean, 45 attempts, is that like the bare minimum kind of for Justin Herbert and just a pure volume rank? Yeah, both of them are quarterback ones for me. Mm. 
Uh, if any of us have talked about an eagle, I was going to bring up a dream I had last night, but I'll save that one to myself <laughs> if we're talking about premonitions here. I dreamt about Jonathan Gannon, our defensive coordinator. You dr- you had a dream about Jonathan Gannon? <laughs> when I was with fantasy football, <laughs> when, when I had a cup of coffee with the Rams, he was uh, just like their, their combine scout, their national scout. Um, and so I think like that memory popped into my head. Anyways, we don't have to have the that human mind is very bizarre. It was, it was really weird. Hayden, you were in it too. Anyways, uh, <laughs> leave me out of it. <laughs> uh, I'll quickly go to my last name. That's Mac Collins against the, uh, Indianapolis Colts. Why not end here? Um, no Hunter Info, no Darren Waller. That's pretty simple. Uh, the Colts are so much better at stopping the run than they are the pass. Um, look, Devonte Adams had what? 10 targets to open last week in the first half for 136 yards or whatever it was. And then basically got goose egged in the second half. Uh, what we always say about Gus Bradley is that he's going to try out the cover one and cover three looks. And we've already seen really big games for Matt Collins for target shares. And even when one of those two pieces were in lineups, like games of eight, 11 and eight targets. And even above all of this, this is such a massive game for Josh McDaniels where you've been maybe the most disappointing coaching hire this season and heading into when your team totally sucks and everyone got duped on Twitter because this blue checkmark fiasco <laughs> that you got fired and we kind of believed it. Um, imagine now showing up on Sunday and losing to Jeff Saturday and a 30-year-old Parks Frazier as an offensive coordinator. Um, that can't happen. So maybe run up the score too. And so Mac Hollins as like a – emergency streamer as in your flex spot i can get behind this weekend absolutely josh by the way i had matt collins for i wish i were kidding probably four or five years in our dynasty league (laughs) 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 apparently what what is this like the eighth year breakout under josh mcdaniels for matt but that game i've already made this joke on twitter so i'm sorry listeners are here like this game is my super bowl like the raiders are coming off the worst performance by any team all year in back-to-back weeks and they're facing a high school coach like this game is my Super Bowl. Yeah. We also had the Raiders starting linebacker midseason retire. We had like <laughs> the, the Raiders situation is bad. We even had Kenyon Drake. Uh, I, I had to retweet it. Kenyon Drake was like, well, what's going on in Vegas? Uh, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of weird things. Uh, two of your starting players going IR and your starting linebacker midseason retires. Yeah. Uh, Matt Collins in the pick'em lobby. And if you've never played pick'em, as you can tell, it's so much fun just to think of your expectations for a player and see if uh, the shadowy people have the same projections for him. 40 and a half receiving yards, three and a half receptions, like other than Devonte Adams, uh, maybe Josh Jacobs, like who's going to be seeing all these targets. It's going to be Matt Collins. It is, especially or down the field. Could let's, just be someone roll. totally stupid. Austin Moreau. Like- I have Austin yeah. Moreau ranked pretty high. I'm, I'm scared <laughs> to admit. <laughs> uh, Pat, I believe this is your name. It There's is. no place to end other than with Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> you could have at least oh, yeah. let me say it first. <laughs> Instead of, uh, man, yeah, tying me to Jacoby Brissett, which is uh, no one to blame but myself. But for a lot of the reasons that Hayden has laid out, the quarterback scene before these injuries even happen has just been so hard to find QB1s. And again, maybe three of them are down this week. Just no ups. So, like, Jacoby Brissett, the big problem is he has not really spiked a week, like, all right. season. Like he just has not, but despite playing well, yeah, he's, he has been playing well, but he has not spiked a week. And if there were ever a time to do it, you know, the total is creeping near 50. The dolphins allow the most quarterback fantasy points. They've allowed 59 combined points over the past two weeks to the bears and lions. They're fourth worst in EPA per drop back on defense. Like the Browns, 
I, I guess the, the concern would be if the Browns just like melt the Dolphins on the ground. When the, the Dolphins' run defense is better than its pass defense, but it's like not great. And they could just melt the Dolphins on the ground. But it just seems like if Jacoby Brissett were ever going to have like a three touchdown game, it would have to be this week. And it's just so hard to find good quarterback situations right now where I really like Jacoby Brissett as a streamer this week. Yeah, I agree. He's like the quarterback two streamer for me as well. The team totals rock solid. And I think it's like a big week for Amari Cooper. Josh, you talked about the home road splits, which do exist, but I don't believe in them. I do believe these Amari Cooper zone versus man splits, especially mm. in this offense, because I don't think they're going to trust uh, their tight ends, DPJ, whoever they're putting into the slot as much as they are with Amari Cooper. And the the corners have just not been very good due to injuries. Um and scheme like they really leave these corners on an island. So I think that Jacoby right. Brissett and Amari Cooper. I've heard I've heard some nasty things for for battle royale. You can get Jacoby Brissett as like a one percent uh, drafted <laughs> player and stack him up with Amari Cooper, and I I will allow you to do that. I mean, we do deserve a spiked week Jacoby Brissett in week ten of the season. Like that's what this is missing. We've had everything else. This is what we're missing. <laughs> um, it's funny looking at these projections. I can make a case for just about all of it. Like I can easily make a case for an interception for Jacoby Brissett because of the blitz looks and and the different, you know, defensive things that the Dolphins throw at quarterbacks. I can also look at the 15 and a half rushing yards as higher or lower and take the higher on that because if you, you know, pick up that blitz, then boom, you have a free runner that Brissett can go after. But at the same time, like the passing yards I can hit too based on what Pat is saying because for two weeks, I guarantee you Kevin Stefanski saying, okay, if we get this look or if this guy comes, boom, this is your hot. Like, this is your read. This is where you're going with the football and get out of your hands. Like, those exotic packages that the Dolphins typically throw at quarterbacks to completely frazzle them. We've seen it a lot over the years. I'm sure Kevin Stefanski is one of the better in the league at getting his quarterback ready to, to take advantage of this. I thought you were going to say you couldn't go over on the attempts. But uh, that 31 and a half is a lot. It is a lot for Jacoby Brissett, but he's barely gone over it more than I thought. He went over it three straight games at one point. Wow. Not the past two weeks, though. No. I mean, if you think two is going to ball out, Josh, I feel like we're going to get some Jacoby Brissett garbage time, right? It, it is funny. So against <laughs> New England a couple weeks ago, he had 45 attempts, but only got 266 passing yards off of those 45 attempts. Paid a very steep Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick tax that game. Um, all right. That's going to do it. This was fun, Pat. Uh, quickly, I really appreciate you putting a smile on your face and doing this show. I know it's a really difficult time to uh, for a place that you've worked in for so long, going through so many changes. I'm not asking you to say anything. I just want to say, uh, since all three of us have roots in Roto World, um, that it was a lovely place to work. And a lot of the people who are no longer at the company, either in this round of layoffs or previous rounds of layoffs were awesome to work with and helped not just us individually, but I think all of us uh, enjoy like a home base for entertainment, for news, for all of it. And uh, I appreciate all of you. We have a disappointing amount of amazing ex employees. Thankfully we still have a lot of amazing current employees, but yeah, really, really, really tough day. Yeah. The best thing all of you can do is if you see people announcing that they were a part of the layoffs is one, show them your appreciation. But also if you see links or if you see videos or podcasts, it's like leave it a thumbs up or review for these people because that really does help with the you know, people we've never spoken to at the top of companies that make these awful decisions that they have to. And uh, just those little 
little moments and little actions do help at the end of the day. There's a show called the Roto World Football Show. There we go. Uh, I have heard of it. Yeah, and it used to be called the Good Football Show. Josh came up with the name, and then we Bounced. changed it. We changed it after a rebrand. <laughs> yeah, and I I liked it. We I liked it. I had gotten used to it, but it probably does make more sense to uh, you know name it after the site. Right. It's been a Roto World Football podcast, then a Good Football Show, now the Roto World Football Show. You know, yeah, it's, this one's going to stick. There we go. All right. For Pat, for Hayden, I'm Josh. As always, Pat, we say up the villa, and we'll talk to you all soon. <laughs> See, See you. Ya.